Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. Because most ignore what he says first, we still have to land on what he says at the end of our pursuit of trying to do it another way. So him having the final say is him saying the same thing he said before. That if we listen at the top, we won't have to go through to land on his word. We can just let his word lead. Can we graduate from landing on what he said? to being led by what he said. Uh, are you understanding what I'm saying? That doesn't mean you won't have afflictions, trials. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivered them out of them all. I want us to graduate from God being a last resort. When you tried everything else, try Jesus. That used to be a saying growing up. When you tried everything else, Try Jesus. That is the most insulting encouragement I've ever heard in my entire life. Let him lead us. That's what we're talking about being born again. You keep playing. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Being born again is not just being saved from sin. Being saved is being, not, you're not going to hell. The penalty and punishment of sin is gone. But being born again means I'm actually changed. If I rescue you from drowning, you drowning, and I, I save you, that don't mean you're changed. You're saved. You're not going to drown today because <laughs> I saved you. But every saved person is not changed. That's where being born again comes in. Are you hearing me? So we're not just going to be a saved church. We're going to be born again. We're going to be children of the Most High God. And the Bible says as many as are led, you can put the first scripture up, you can keep playing. By love, by their love for each other. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Wow. God's children are led by his spirit. Not just if you have the spirit. Led by it. How many of us are led by the spirit in our thoughts, in our conversation, in our decisions, in our choices? God is usually a last resort. Like, let me, let me just, I might as well just pray about it. Because you done got confused. You done got disappointed. Your hope done got all messed up. So now let me pray about it. You can skip disappointment. I didn't say pain. Jesus was led by the spirit and went to the cross. <laughs> so I'm not saying you're going to escape pain. But disappointment, the stuff that hurts the heart, the stuff that, 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 that hurts the soul, we can bypass so many of those heartaches by being led by the Spirit. So now you're in a relationship. It's going crazy. Now you're praying about it. 
but he was so cute. You just gave him your number. You just, I, I, and she was so fine. I just was led by me. Now she crazy. And you're like, Lord Jesus, please let me get out of this. Amen. He control it and grab you by the neck. Lord Jesus, if you let me get out of this house, I bless your name forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen. No more should he be a last resort. Don't insult God like that. Don't insult his power. Don't insult his ability to give you wisdom and counsel. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct thy path. I got a challenge for you all. Before you decide, pray about it. Don't that sound Sunday school, real elementary? Y'all ain't even clap for that. It's like, duh, but we don't do it. We rather endure stress. We rather endure disappointment and heart. We rather endure all the hope deferred than to let the Spirit lead us. So, this is cultivated through the Word of God through prayer. If you're led by the Spirit, that's the cloud and the fire we was talking about. The cloud and the fire. This is cultivated through prayer and the Word. So the Lord told us, listen, we're going into a season of concentrated, intentional praise and prayer. This is what the Lord told us last week. We're going into a season like the cloud and the fire is leading us to prayer and praise because like Paul and Silas they were locked up in jail but they began to pray I'm, I'm, let me stay on this side where y'all at okay, y'all. some of us praise God when we come out of bondage they trusted him enough to praise him while still locked down is anybody crazy enough to praise him in your situation today? I just want to, I'm not out of it yet, but I know he's able. Woo! His credit is good with me. He done did it too many times. While they were in prison, they prayed and sang praises unto God. And the Bible says their chains were loose and the doors were open. We're asking God for so many things in our personal lives, but corporately, we're asking him for this property. So the Lord said, for bondage to be loosed and access to be granted, you got to go into a season of prayer and praise. When they prayed and praised God, their bondage was loose and the doors were open. Woo! Are y'all hearing me this morning? All right. So this is where we're going. Thank you, Joe. This is where we're going now. We're going into a season. You're going to see just random praise moments. We're well, not random, but, you know. If we bust out in a song, get in it. That's where we at right now. We just start praying. Hallelujah. Start praying with us. This is where we at right now. Y'all ain't there yet. That's why. We have to do that for our bondage to be loose and for access to be granted. Both are necessary. We don't want to be free and then don't move forward. That's like religious people. They get saved, but they don't move forward. You just still do the same old thing. But you're free, but you ain't move forward. There's other levels to attain. And we don't want to move forward with chains. So we don't want access with bondage. 
and we don't want freedom without access. Amen? So freedom and access comes through prayer and praise. Somebody shout hallelujah! That was all right. That wasn't a free. Never mind. Yeah, that was it. I ain't, I'm not going to be the hype man today. I'm not going to do it. We'll have those random moments when I say, somebody shout hallelujah. And I want it to sound like 300 in here. Like, <laughs> like we're not playing with it. We know what praise does. I don't know about you, but I know what my hallelujah does. And if you don't understand what praise does, you think the guy with the mic is just trying to get the, the, no, no, no. I know my praise gets God's attention. Because we've complained long enough and he hasn't responded. We It's time to praise him. All right, so here we go. So I was trying to find a scripture where he was saying that the earth, the earth, the earth he's given to man. But look how the scripture starts. I guess I'll prophesy over you. Go ahead, the next one. Yes. Live, the Lord shall increase you more and more. There you go. Okay, when you hear us shouting amen, I got to keep teaching this. When you say amen, that means so let it be. That literally means let that happen in my life. It literally means I want that. It literally means you're allowed to let that happen to me. So when you say amen, you're opening the door to your life and say let that word in. So let me try that again. The Lord shall increase you more and more. That's what you just said. Let that happen to me. Somebody shout amen. amen. The Lord shall increase you more and more. The Lord shall increase you more and more. The Lord shall increase you more and more. Not your money, you. Not your things, you. Anybody ready to be more than you were last year? increase you more and more. You're about to be a better you than you was last year. You got more in you. Don't need Oh my gosh. Y'all got so much in you. That's why the enemy keeps us under. He keeps you not feeling good enough because you don't know all the greatness you got inside of you. You are God's child. You got the same DNA and when you step into your purpose all of hell gets nervous. So let's make them nervous today and God, I gotta stop screaming so much. It's going to be a loud Sunday, y'all. It's Pentecost Sunday. They were all in the room on one accord, and the Bible says suddenly. Uh-oh. There go that word again. I'm sorry. Oh, there go that word. The Bible says suddenly there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind. God is not quiet. He makes a loud entrance. He makes a boisterous noise. Can somebody pray? Suddenly, suddenly, the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. You ain't got to have children yet to say amen. You could be 19 saying amen. I said you and your children. You are blessed of the Lord. You are blessed of the Lord who made heaven and earth. You are blessed of the Lord. That's hard to believe. Because you're looking at everything wrong in your life. Outside and inside. 
but I'm declaring over your life, you are blessed of the Lord. I didn't ask you what your history was. I didn't ask you what town you grew up in. I didn't ask you your family pedigree. None of that matters when you're a child of God. If you're his, you're blessed. You're his, therefore you are. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Well, watch this. The heaven, even the heavens, that belongs to the Lord. That's him alone. He's God alone. He runs the heavens. But the earth, he's given to men. Whoa. The earth, he's given to men, but the heavens is his. So for God to get something done in the earth, he chooses, chooses to need and use men. Please get this, y'all. I'm walking this slow, but we're going somewhere. For God to get anything done in the earth, he chooses to need and use men. So God will do nothing in the earth outside of a human, which is why he became one. You understand what I'm saying? He became one himself to bring redemption. So in order for him to give us grace and give us redemption, he had to be a human because he gave the earth to us. I'm trying to walk a soul, but are y'all with me? So, so, So he's given the earth to man. So God will not interfere with the affairs of man unless invited. God put barriers and and, and boundaries in place that even he honors. So you're going through problems, you got problems, he like, oh, I wish I could, but you ain't even asked me. And what do we do as his wonderful children of God? Get mad at him. You see what I'm going through. God, I've been going to church, but he ain't, I can't believe, you get mad. But God said, I can't interfere because I've established a law. So there's supposed to be a codependency. You're supposed to depend on me for earth's needs. I'm supposed to depend on you to bring heaven to where you are. So when you don't, God doesn't, he's not moved by your problems. Or maybe he is moved, but he doesn't have access. Prayer gives God legal permission to interfere with earth's affairs. You cannot afford not to pray. You need so much from heaven. You, why am I screaming? You need so much from heaven. You can't afford not to invite them. I always say it's like tag team. I used to watch wrestling a lot. The Road, Warrior, Road Warriors. That's back in the, that's back. I'm sorry. That's before John Cena and all them. I'm talking Hulk Hogan and Junkyard Dog. and Yeah, Hacksaw's Jim Duggan. I'm talking, yeah, yeah, I'm talking all. I'm talking that. Big John Stud, Andre the Giant. Y'all know nothing about Jimmy Superfly Snooker. I'm talking about that. Talking about these fake fighters today. <laughs> it, was t- it was tag team. And I will always look at the one outside waiting to be tagged. When his partner getting beat down, like, <laughs> energy, all this strength, all this power, and he can't help, but he's not allowed. He has a boundary that he can't cross, but when you tag me in, 
That's what prayer does. When you tag me in, that's what your worship does. When you tag him in, that's what prayer does. Look at your neighbor and say, tag him in. You're getting beat down. You're being depressed. You're sad. You're stressed. Don't go out like that. Tag him in. Why have a partner? Why have a partner with the power to help and don't invite them? You're just trying to be tough. I got it. I got it. I got it. No, you don't. And we're about to lose. You're about to lose your marriage. You're about to lose your business. You're about to lose your family. You're about to lose your mind. All because you won't. You understand what I'm saying? So, the heavens is the Lord's, but the earth he's given to men. Now, if I was given something, and I don't know how to work it, I got to ask the giver. Ho, 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 ho. How you do this? How you give us the whole earth? We don't know what to, we don't, we don't know what to, if God was real, why is there so many rapes? And why are so many children being tried? And why are so many babies? Because men run the earth. Y'all quiet. If God care, why? Men! Who take matters into their own hands, who create their own systems and laws to run this earth, are destroying it. The earth is even groaning. Like, what is going on here? The Bible says the earth is groaning, waiting on the manifestations of the sons of God. In other words, the earth is like, man, these evil people are killing us. Where are the people of God? Where are the people that will pray and invite God? Where are the worshipers? Where are the praisers? Where are you? Are you in here today? Are you in here today? Prove it to me right now. problem with the world is that we don't tag them in. And he can't intervene by his own law. And the reason why, the reason why he doesn't intervene unless he's asked is so he get the glory. If he just do everything, you, oh, I, okay, okay, oh, that worked out, okay, I'm all right, I, did, all right, I, did, I knew it'll work out, I knew because I always know what to do. No, it's going to go down. It's going to get worse. It's going to get horrible. So you say, Lord, help me. And when he does it, you're going to be like, only God. <laughs> I feel so good. Y'all in trouble. Your situation may get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And he's just going to watch it happen until he's invited in. Kind of like Peter when Peter was drowning. Peter was drowning. Of course, Jesus can help him. He is the Savior. But the Savior was watching his beloved brother drown and could not intervene because he was not invited. What are you drowning in that he can save you from? You in the water just windmilling. Like, I, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Let me just make one more call. Let me make one more. Let me send one more email. Let me. Lord, help me. Lord, save me. They don't do that. Okay. So, 
Ask the Lord. The intention was to ask the Lord, how do I do this? You gave us the earth. How do I do this? You created marriage. How do I do this? Never mind. Okay. You created family. How do I do this? You created. How do I do this? You're supposed to invite God. Now, when you come to God, you got to know this. I'm, I'm, I'm setting up prayer real quick. And then we move it. Go ahead. Go to the next slide. Check this out. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you got to have faith. All right? So for he that cometh to God must believe. Do not pray. And Well, let me keep going. You must believe that he is God, number one. If you're coming to God, you must believe that he is God. Jehovah. That means self-existing one. That means everything I need is in me. That means God never outsources. He got everything. Oh, God, I feel. He got everything in himself. He ain't got to call nobody. If you need joy, I got it. You need peace, I got it. You need provision, I got it. And he never goes bankrupt. You can ask him and he'll supply all of your needs and still got enough to supply all of his needs. <laughs> you must believe that he is God and, whoa, conjunction. Whoa, it's not ending. He is God and he's a rewarder. When you pray, when you come to him, you got to believe. You are God. You are supreme being. You are Lord. There's nothing too hard for you. You are God and that same God is a rewarder. I, got, I feel y'all. I grew up just like y'all. I thought God was a big old God that's waiting for you to mess up so he can strike you with lightning. Don't go to that club. You might die up in there. You might die on the way. You might get shot in all these threats. Like God is just this, like God is the devil. God don't come to kill, steal, and destroy. The devil does. But I come that you might have life. Oh, I feel it now. And that more abundantly, he is for us. You feel me? So he's God and a rewarder. We never see God as the rewarding God, which is why our prayers don't get answered. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All the scriptures allude to him answering prayer. It's never him ignoring. The reason why most don't pray is because it don't work. We don't get the results because we're praying wrong. You got doubt in our heart. He's a rewarder. I, I hope he do it, but we don't, we don't really have faith. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We don't really have the faith for what we're even asking for, but everything in the scripture says, ask and it shall be given. That means I'm, I'm with you. Seek, you shall find. Knock. All of those scriptures allude to him rewarding. So how do we get that image of God in our head? For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Everyone that seeks, finds. Everyone that knocks, the door is open. God is like, yo, I got you. I want y'all to know when you pray today, God is saying, I got you. You got to believe he is God and that he's a rewarder. I love that. You serve the God that rewards. So when you hold your peace and let them cuss you out, and you be like, mm, he's going to reward that. I've noticed a pattern. I told Chris this week. 
I noticed the pattern. I told my wife this too. And BG and Joe. <laughs> I've noticed a pattern with God with me. Stupid things happen. I hold my peace. I get elevated. People act dumb. I don't clap back. I get elevated. People spread lies. They post all crazy stuff about you. You say, God, I trust you. He rewards. He not only rewards what you do, he rewards what you don't do. Because I could have slapped. Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We in church. I'm sorry. We don't slap. We don't slap in church. Live. Let God reward what you don't do. He's a rewarder. You're not doing it for nothing. You're not sacrificing for nothing. You're not praying for nothing. You're not biting your tongue and holding your peace for nothing. I'm doing this to leave room for his reward. Let me keep it moving. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so here it is. So this is how I'm trying to get us to get our prayers to work. So all, I don't know how long I'm going to be on this. It seems like it's going to be a couple of months, right, from, from the way I, I laid it out. It seems like we'll be on here for a couple of months. On prayer and praise, prayer, praise, prayer, praise, prayer, praise, prayer, praise, prayer, praise, prayer, praise, prayer. Pray. Do y'all know how strong we about to grow? <laughs> so, again, I said this last week. We was talk, I was trying to find the scripture. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. Look how the scripture starts. We got to talk about this, man. This is why certain prayers do not work. I ain't got to tell y'all. Y'all looking like, man, I, uh, we were just talking about Holy Ghost. We should have stayed there. Yo, confess your faults. One to another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. Then it says the effectual fervent prayers of righteous development. Everybody says the second half. But that's the second half of the same verse. Don't be all fervent in prayer and you ain't say my bad to who you need to say my bad to. Don't be a prayer warrior and you ain't say I apologize. I should have came through. Okay, y'all quiet. Don't be all in the spirit. But you can't say I'm sorry. Use them same tongues to say sorry. Two words, I'm sorry. And your prayer is hitting the ceiling. And you mad you're not getting no results. You can't pray with all that in your heart. Not if you were wrong, if you knew you was wrong. You ain't always right. And don't justify your wrong. Well, please, they always be. They don't care about me. Okay. So you might as well just not pray or don't expect answers. Because you already justified you disobeying scripture. Well, they don't. Well, I, we have all this reasoning. Confess your faults. Now, confess. All right, never mind. Confess means to agree. It doesn't mean to admit. I agree I was out of pocket. I'm sorry. When we were driving, I was out of pocket. I should have said, we good? All right, cool. Because I want to. So not only confess to them, pray for them. 
Am I? What church am I in? Is this live? Okay. All right. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another before you pray for your business. If you do this, you probably won't have to pray for your business. Uh-oh. Y'all fasting and praying for more business deals and more opportunities, and all you got to do is this, and maybe that door will open. You want God to heal your marriage and you ain't apologize to your wife? Oh, man, I should have preached. That's why you, I should have preached Pentecost Sunday. And the fire fell on their heads. This is it right here. Confess. It takes humility. That's why everybody tight right now. That's why everybody tight. Like, man, she ain't say sorry to me. Cool. Just don't pray. That's fine. You right. You, you enjoy that level. Where is it? Right. It's about right here. Enjoy that right there. Is it right here? Enjoy this level. But as for me, and my house, we got to go a little bit. I'm going higher this year. And if it means confessing, I'm sorry. If it means praying, bless him in the name of Jesus. Because I'm going higher. You think Jesus felt like going to the cross? Stop waiting until you feel like it to be obedient. <laughs> Babe, that confused me. She was trying to fix my suspender. She said, it's tight, it's just loose. <laughs> well, which is it? I'm, I'm going to start walking like this. I don't know what to do. I got you, baby. It's tight, but it's just loose. <laughs> I love you, baby. <laughs> Yo, leave my wife alone. Leave her alone. <laughs> I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to put you on blast. I'm confessing my fault. I didn't mean to put you on blast. Lord, bless my wife, and thank you for helping her help me in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, give us this building in Jesus' name. That's how it goes. Confession and prayer heals you, but we're praying for healing. You've been praying about diabetes in your life for years, but never confess your faults. Never pray for the one that offended you, but you want to be healed. Now you're frustrated. Like, I've been giving, I've been praying about this disease. I've been having this for so long. Here's the remedy. How you, how you pray that hard about your disease with all of this in your heart? Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Next scripture. I don't know if I'm going to finish this because I'm, I'm on this right now. We, therefore, here Paul, I would that men pray everywhere. That's what King James said. Lifting up holy hands without wrath, without anger and disputing or quarreling or doubt in your mind. Now, it's easy to say I would that men would pray everywhere without doubt. 
That's the last thing mentioned. Praying without doubt is the last thing mentioned. Pray without anger. Man, I got to go. And disputing and quarreling. You got beef praying. How you praying with beef? So you don't have doubt. You got that part. I totally believe you can heal me, but I got beef. I'm sorry, animosity. Offense. Bitterness towards others. Beef. That's how I say it. If you got beef with her, why are you, you your prayers are hindered. It ain't about God doing the thing for you. It's about him doing something in you. Prayer does something to you and for you. Somebody say two and four. Come on, say the two and the four. That's what prayer is all about. It does something to you, and then it does something for you. We focus on the four. But before four, it's two. So I want you to pray everywhere, but without beef. Because what we don't understand is God sees our heart. So you come into God, and you like, Lord, I just need your help. And all you hear is, man, that girl get on my nerves. I can't believe she did that to me. I ain't never speaking to her again. And I don't care if it's my honor. That's all God sees. He's like, yo, I'm sorry. I can't afford but to see the real you. I can't afford but to hear, hear your real heart. You're coming to me with this self, but that's not the real you. You got bitterness in your heart. Uproot that. You got offense in your heart. Uproot that. You got hatred in your heart. Uproot that. And then I can hear your petition. And that's, oh, oh, that's something you can do. You're praying for something you can't do. God, I need you because I can't do it. But do what you can do, and he'll do what you cannot. Lord's prayer. Jesus never. The Bible never records Jesus teaching the disciples, teaching the disciples how to preach. It don't record it. It never records Jesus teaching the disciples how to teach, preach, or minister. It don't even record the disciples asking. How to preach. They know where the real power was at. Today, everybody want to know how to preach. What should I post? How many comments? How many points should I have? Everybody want to know how to preach today. But the disciples saw the real power. That brother be going off praying. Teach us to pray. And can I say something else? Most of the time you see Jesus. Oh, I got to go. When he's praying in the Bible, he's by himself. So prayer is a personal thing. I don't need everybody praying with me to pray. I don't need you to lock arms with me. And I got to do this by my. If you need prayer partners to pray, you ain't got no relationship. Even in the Lord's prayer, he says, 
forgive us our debts. Forgive me as I forgive. So don't pray without forgiving people. We see prayer, forgiveness, prayer, make peace. Don't bring me a gift and you got art with your brother. Don't come to me if you got beef with your brother. Leave your gift at the altar. Go back to your brother. Man, this is the Bible. Don't come to me with all your gifts. Leave your gift at the altar. Reconcile with your brother. I don't care about what you need. I care about who you are. You need people in your life who care about who you are and not just what you have or what you need. Do you care about who I am? Let's look at the prayer in the garden really quick. In my first closing, visitors, I have three. This is my first one. Okay, thank y'all for coming. God bless you. <laughs> look at the prayer in the garden. So this is Gethsemane. This means, see, see, prayer does something for you and to you. It does something in you. So let's look at what prayer does in somebody, right? Well, let's look at the revelation of it. Prayer in the garden. He was in the garden of Gethsemane. That means the place of pressing. That's the place where they crush the olives to get the oil. Good God. The oil has to be crushed just like the grapes got to be stumped to get wine. You might be a grape and God is stumping you to get wine out of you. It's not just pressure. It's pressure for a purpose. So here is Jesus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So this is where they will make olives. So they, they will press the olives to extract the oil that was used in the temple. So here is the Messiah, the anointed one in the place of pressing. Here's the anointed one in the place of pressing. Here we go. And, and, and Jesus is being pressed so that his healing could be extracted. Here in the garden, Jesus is being pressured so that we can have peace. He's, go, he's squeezing it out of Jesus so we can have joy and we can have healing and we can have peace of mind. And the process, the Bible says, well, the Bible uh, uh, expresses that there were three processes to pressing it. Check this out, y'all. The first press for the olive, you take the olive oil and you press it. The olive, you press it. That was the most expensive oil. That's the virgin oil. The first press is the most expensive oil. Then they do it two more times. They press the oil, the olive, two more times, adding weight each time. So when Jesus came to the disciples three times, he was being pressed harder and harder every time. He said, can y'all just pray with me for an hour? I'm under more pressure than I was 10 minutes ago. Can you pray with me one hour? I'm under more pressure than I was 15 minutes ago. Can you pray with me? God adds pressure to get more oil. Good God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? He pressed harder so he can release more oil. So God, you might be in a season of pressing right now, Liv. And the weight might be getting heavier and heavier, Liv. But it's only, only so God can get oil out of you. Only so he can get something out of you. So endure the pressing and release the strength. Endure the pressing, release the joy. Endure the pressing, release the hope. This is important because we're entering into a season 
corporate prayer. Prayer gives God permission to intervene on others' behalf. Let's look at what prayer does for us. All right, that's what prayer does to us. It gets something out of us. You got to go under pressure and pray so something can come out of you. What comes out of you when you're under pressure? Righteous or ratchet? <laughs> I remember Bishop Jake said he had, a, he had a foreign woman working for him one time. And he was like, where are you from? She's like, I'm from Haiti. Like, I, don't, I don't hear your accent. That's crazy. Oh, she said, yeah, I know how to talk very professional. But let me be under pressure. You hear all that. Let's go back. Let's go, go. You hear all that. I go to the real me under pressure. So God is trying to get different yous out of you every time he pressures you. This is what prayer does for us. Let's check this out. We were trying to do this last week. Let me end this quickly. Second closing, ladies and gentlemen. But I want us to get that really, really, really in our spirit. Before we enter into a time of prayer, we're not about to pray ineffective prayers. We need our hearts to be pure. We need to love and forgive everybody, even if you're not on good terms with them. Let me explain this, and then I'm moving. I know Liv knows this, but it's a new Liv here. People who've just been here a couple of months. To reconcile is not restore. Restoration and reconciliation are two different things. To restore means to put it back as it was at first. Everything is how it was before it was broken. To reconcile means to come to terms, come to an agreement. We ain't cool no more. Cool. We're never going bowling again. Cool, I agree. Pound, love you. That's reconciliation. Restoration is, oh, I love you. We back. I see you Thanksgiving. I see you Thanksgiving. We back. We back. And we think to reconcile means to restore. Like, if you're not cool with the person no more, you think you haven't reconciled. Reconciliation is come to agreement. Come to terms. Don't leave nothing open, just bitter. Don't leave it just offended. Man, make sure you have, make sure you have an understanding in all thy getting. Amen? <laughs> I'm saying all of this just because I want our prayers to work, y'all. That's all. I want, do you want your prayer to work? Yeah. Say Amen. All right, so let's check this out. This is what prayer does. Here we go. We talked about it last week. King Herod arrested Peter. You can keep moving. Thank you so much. He arrested Peter, and he intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. He was guarded by four squads of four, 16 soldiers. Peter, the same one that walked on water. Peter, the same one that cut the ear off the soldier. Peter, the same one that cussed. Peter, the same one that said, uh, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, the one who was Simon, but now Jesus changed his name to Peter, because Simon means flaky, like a leaf. It means leafy. You just go with whatever happens. You're light, but Peter means rock. So God changed him from flaky to solid, and that's Peter, the same one that was a threat to the enemy. They locked him up with 16 guards. When you are a threat, you got extra enemies. When, I see you. This is for you. When you're a threat, you got extra haters. You got extra problems. It's not normal because you're not normal. So if you're going through something that none of your family went through, you're the one. If you're going through something none of your family been through, you're the one. Whoop, look at your neighbor and say, I must be the one. I guess I must. I guess. <laughs> 
So Peter was in prison, but the church was earnestly praying. Peter in prison, church praying. Peter in prison, church praying. Peter in trouble, church praying. Here we go. The next one. The very night before Herod was to bring him forward, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with <laughs> two chains. And sentries were in front of him, the door guarding the prison. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared beside him. And a light shone in the cell. The angel struck Peter's side and awakened him saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hand. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your prayer activates angels. The Bible says, are not the angels ministering spirits for us? Minister means to serve. Angels are servants for us. When you pray, you activate angels. Do you remember when Daniel prayed? Daniel prayed to God and an angel responded. He got there late because of warfare, but his prayer activated angels. When you pray, the heavens move. I'm trying to tell y'all something. You're activating movement in the supernatural when you pray. You're activating things you cannot see when you pray. Somebody say it's praying time. Hallelujah. So, so, so uh, Jesus prayed in the garden and angels came and ministered to him. When you pray, you activate angels. And look at this. The touch and the word knocked his chains off. He struck Peter in the side, awakened him, and he said, get up. So he touched him, and he spoke to him, and that broke the chains off. So, oh, yeah, y'all hear what I'm saying? You need a touch, and you need the word, and no bondage will fall off you like something so unnecessary. It act like, are y'all here? Somebody say, I need a word. The word and the touch broke the chains off. That's amazing to me, but it's not, I'm saying touch. But sometimes God is heavy-handed. Yeah, let me, let me talk about that. Sometimes his touch is heavy-handed. Because <laughs> it says he struck Peter. Ooh, sometimes God got to hit us to wake us up. Peter might have been asleep too heavy. He might have got too comfortable in bondage. You can get so comfortable in your situation, you think that's home after a while. And God can't just touch you. He got to strike you. So when that relationship's hurt, when it hurts you like that, God is saying, wake up. Get up quickly. When something strikes you and it hurts you, it was comfortable, but now you feel a little. God is saying, get up, live. God is saying, get up quickly. You've been asleep too long in the same habits. You've been asleep too long in the same relationships. You've been asleep too long in the same ways. God is striking you now saying, get, I'm prophesying to you right now. He's saying, get up and get up quickly. You ain't got time to take your time. It's time because you're about to move differently. You're about to move differently. Liv, you're about to move differently. <laughs> he said, you can go to the next one. I'm just moving it quickly. He said to him, prepare yourself. Strap on your sandals to get ready for whatever may happen. And he did so. Then the angel told him, oh, put on your robe and follow me. Prepare yourself. First of all, get up. Wake up, live. I'm prophesying. This ain't a lesson. I'm just talking to you. Every, every, every scripture is a word to you. 
Every scripture is a word to you. It's not a lesson. It's, just, it's a word. So tell your neighbor, get up quickly. Yeah, you've been asleep too long. You know that ain't right. You know that ain't good for you. You know that ain't where you're supposed to be. You know that ain't your purpose. You know that's not where you're going to end up. So get up quickly and prepare yourself. Tighten up your walk. Tighten up your walk. Strap up your sandals. Tighten up your walk. Do what you know you should be doing. And put on your robe and follow me. The robe represents identity. You could tell who a person was in the Bible days by the robe they had on. The Levites and the priests had on certain robes. The high priests and the kings had on certain robes. When you're in bondage, you're stripped of your identity. When you're living in sin and you just, you're not even who you are anymore. So God says, get up, put on your, ooh, put on your identity. Oh my God. I said, put on your identity. Bondage can't stand a chance when you walk in who you're supposed to be. Are y'all hearing me? When I know who I am, that's, I, I was saying something about getting back to me. I was talking about getting back to me. Remember that summer? Getting back to me. When you get back to who you are in God, bondage can't stand a chance. Things that try to bind you and things that try to weigh you down, all you got to do is step into who God has made you to be. Put on your robe, Liv. Put on your robe. Put on your God identity and follow me. And Peter went out. Here we go. I'm about to end it. Peter went out the next verse. Following the angel, look at this. He didn't realize <laughs> that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. He didn't know whether it was a dream or a vision or whether it was really happening. <laughs> so it doesn't mean it's always clear to you when you're following God. It's not always clear, but whether in my subconscious or whether I'm dreaming or not, I'm going to follow him. Whether I know it's real, I'm, I'm, I know one thing, if I'm dreaming or if I'm up, I'm following him. No matter what state I'm in, you're going to find me following him. He thought it was a vision, y'all. We're all walking by faith, matter of fact. Sometimes I'm not sure because we're walking by faith. Faith means there's a space where I got to trust him. When you're walking by faith, you don't know how every I is going to be dotted and how every T is going to be crossed. When you're walking by faith, sometimes it is a little hazy, but that's when you got to trust God. Amen? That's the fire and the cloud. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Let's go. Last verse. They walked unseen. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, let me set the stage for you. What are we talking about today? I, this happened when they were praying. The church was praying for him to the point where they walked unseen past the first guard. <laughs> and then they kept on praying. And then they walked by the second guard. And then they kept on praying and they came to the gate that leads to the city and the Access. The gate swung open. Y'all don't, don't understand. These gates are kept by guards and soldiers. They were trained to guard the gate. This was gates to the city. You don't get access to my city. We got the best soldiers. We got the best guards. You don't just swing that door open, but prayer. Prayer gives you access. Prayer says, I am not denied access. First of all, first of all he walked unseen. 
by two guards. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me. When you start praying, your enemy can't find you anymore. Did y'all hear what I just Some of us are too exposed because we don't know how to pray. But when you start praying, he hides you. For he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress. My God. And him will I trust. <laughs> the gate swung open right in front of them and they went out the city and were walking down a narrow street when all of a sudden the angel disappeared next verse and when Peter came to himself he realized whoa he, he, he realized oh now I know that the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people He delivers you from the enemy and the expectation of the people of the Jews. People are actually expecting you not to make it. People are expecting you to fail. The enemy is trying to get you to fail, and then people are expecting you to. God is about to deliver you from them both. From the enemy and the expectation. That's yeet. Remember that, babe? <laughs> you know how you shake somebody's hand? I'm, I'm really dating myself now. You're like, hey, how you doing? Then you don't, you don't shake their hand. You're like, thought you had a friend. You remember thought you had a friend? <laughs> That's how it's going to be with some people in your life. They expect you to fail. You're like, nah, I'm still going to win. Oh, you think I ain't going to make it? Nah, I still got victory. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, you think I'm going to be sick? Nope, I'm healed. <laughs> Get ready. Oh, my God. Get ready for God to disappoint the expectation. I I'm sorry, y'all, but there are some people I cannot wait to disappoint. I can't wait to let down some people. I can't wait to make some people sad. And I'm not trying to make you sad, but if you expect me to lose... Get ready to be disappointed. Let me end this. <laughs> the Bible says God will have the last laugh. Get ready to laugh, live. Get ready to be filled with joy, live. Ah, you thought I wasn't going to make it. Ah, you thought I wouldn't come through. Ah, you thought I would fail. Ah, you thought I would die. Ah, you thought I would be sick. But I'm right here. I'm still here. And I'm going higher and higher and higher. And... Uh, let me end this. I'm just going to talk this. When he realized this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark. Just telling the story, y'all. Where many were gathered for prayer. If we have a prayer service, will there be many, will there be many here? Many were gathered for prayer. That's the smallest gathering besides choir rehearsals in church nowadays. Peter went to the house where they were praying, y'all. He knocked on the door and the gate 
And a girl named Rhoda came and opened it. And when she realized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she didn't even open the door. She didn't even open it. She ran back inside and said, Peter at the door. I cannot wait to run up on y'all and be like, what you praying for is here. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Y'all mi Get ready for Rhoda. Get ready for Rhoda. Get ready for Rhoda. Lib, get ready for Rhoda. Get ready for that phone call. What you were praying for is at the door. Get ready for that email. The approval you were praying for is at the door. Get ready. Tell your neighbor, I'm ready for Rhoda. I'm ready for Rhoda. She's coming with an announcement. The thing you've been praying for, the thing you've been believing God for, you didn't even know it was on the way. You didn't even know it was coming. But boom, it's right here. Boom, it's right at the door. Boom. Somebody scream, I'm ready for Rhoda. I'm ready for the announcement that the thing you've been praying for has showed up suddenly. You didn't know it was on the way. It just showed up. You didn't know there were conversations about you. You just got the promotion. Okay. I'm Let's praise God right here, y'all. Not a random praise, but a praise moment. Rhoda is checking the door. What you're praying for is knocking. God is responding. I feel old school today. God, he's responding. I'm ready for Rhoda. I'm ready for Rhoda. I'm ready for Rhoda. I said, I'm ready for Rhoda. I'm almost done. Woo. That's where that old school phrase push comes from. Push. Pray until something happens. Not pray until you're tired. Pray till Rhoda tell you it's here. Pray till what you're praying for is knocking at your door. Don't stop praying until it starts knocking. Don't start praying until it starts knocking. Don't stop praying until it comes to you. Don't double shut Peter is standing at the door. Your blessing is standing at the door. Your miracle is standing at the door. Your breakthrough is standing at the door. Your provision is standing at the door. Your healing is standing at the door. Your blood. I feel it. It's at the door. Pray till it shows up. Pray till it shows up. Praise him till it shows up. Bless him till it shows up. All right, everybody stand up. Let me go. To your feet, everybody. We're going home. Uh, 
Pray till it shows up. Till your marriage is better. Pray. Till business is better. Pray. Ay, 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 ay. God, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop worshiping. You can't afford to stop. You ain't got it yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want y'all to pray until you hear that sound. Praying until you hear. <laughs> but you know we. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for healing. I've been a little under this week, but I thank the Lord for healing. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for healing. In the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Look at religion, y'all. <clears throat> must be his angel. Don't be religious and just pray to be praying. Pray for results. There's nothing worse than continuing to pray for something that has arrived. It's like expecting mail that's at your door. It's here. Peter was knocking away, but they wouldn't believe her. You're crazy. She's stuck by her story. They still wouldn't believe her. Must be his angel. At this time, poor Peter was still standing out on the street, knocking away. And when they opened the door, next verse, and saw him, oh, they were astonished. Our prayer should be so faith-filled, we shouldn't be shocked. It happens. Why well, pray all night, all hard, and be like, oh, he did it, okay. That shows your faith and doubt levels. 
if it, when it happens, it's like, amen, amen. And you praise him and you celebrate him because you expected him to do it. When you're shocked and surprised, that means I was praying, but I didn't expect it. We're not praying like that. Peter motioned with his hands, shh, quiet. And he described how the Lord brought him out. And he said, tell everybody about this. And then he left for another place. Tell everybody what the Lord has done. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Prayer and prayer, people that pray don't get the credit. He didn't come in. Hey, thank y'all for praying. Y'all prayers. The the Lord brought him out. <laughs> so when God does what you pray for, I know because I pray and I don't give glory to you and your prayers. Tell everybody God did it. <laughs> I'm giving y'all cheat code to blessings. Give God the glory and he'll always bless you. If you always say God did that, God did that, you're going to throw his name out and just tell everybody it's him. He's going to keep blessing you because she's going to keep saying God did it. He's going to keep saying it was the Lord. So I'm going to keep. Your prayers are effective, but your prayers don't get the glory. I'm an intercessor. I'm a prayer warrior. The ministry of intercession is not in the Bible. The ministry of intercession, and he gave some prophets past. Intercession is not in there. Men are always praying. But now we got a group of 10 people at the church praying for, as intercessors so we all can go to Zaxby's or something. I don't know. Liv, I need us all praying. I need angels moving on your behalf to set you free and to give you access. When you go home today or on your way home, you can just stand with me, baby. You look so pretty today with your fine self. I love you so much. As you go home today, when you pray, and I know people have prayer times, but I like to, I like to just pray all the time. In other words, just keep your antennas up. Like, oh, yo, my wife. I'm gonna tell y'all something. My wife, yo, she would pray like God. Uh-uh, it's getting too warm. It's getting too warm. Could you just give me another cool day? Just make it a little cooler, God. She just talked like that and just keep on with her day. Yo, it's been cold, and it's like the end of May right now. It's been chilly. No, I know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. It ain't been that hot. <laughs> Y'all like, she don't control the weather. <laughs> My point is, the ones who pray are the ones in authority. Peter got out of jail, and there was a king that was in authority. Who's really in authority? The king or the ones that pray? If the king was in authority, Peter would have still been locked up. If the king was in authority, Peter would have gotten killed. But kings and presidents, governors and mayors, are not the true authority in earth. The children of God. How? I said the children of God. 
Come on, y'all. That's why he said, if my people who are called by my name, yeah, humble yourselves and pray, seek my face, turn from your wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive you your sin, and I'll change the land. Not the mayor. We are the true authority in the earth. The earth he's given to us. Let's pray for change. Let's pray for healing. Let's, you're the true authority. If we had a real president, this one ain't about the president. If we had a real, no, if we had a real prayer, we can change some things. Are y'all ready to enter into this season of prayer? Are y'all ready to enter into this season of prayer and praise? Give God praise right where you are. Let's worship him for his word. Father, we thank you for your word. We honor you in the name of Jesus. You are the true authority. You have all power. There is none like you. There's none above you. You have no peers. You have no equals. You are God and God alone. You are holy and you are above all. There is none like you. I praise you today. I worship you today. I honor you today. I thank you today. I give you glory today. You're worthy today and always. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My song shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his glorious name together. He has kept us and he's keeping us. He has healed us and he's healing us. He has restored us. He has delivered us. You are the great deliverer. You are the great king. You are the great Jehovah. You are Yahweh. You are Alpha. You are Omega. Oh God, you are the great I am. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. That's how I praise. I didn't mean to be loud and cut y'all off. But praise is not just thank you, Jesus, and that's it. Praise. And we'll learn next week how praise and prayer go hand in hand. Because when you praise God before you ask him, your praise and thanksgiving reminds you of what he's done. Before I ask you for this, I thank you for doing that. I thank you for doing When you thank him first, it reminds you of who you're praying to, and it builds your faith to ask for the next thing. So we'll talk about that a little bit next week. Liv, I love you all. Father, I pray for everybody in this room right now, maybe brokenhearted. I don't know what they're going home to. I don't know what situations lies ahead. There's some broken homes in here, broken hearts in here broken relationships in here, but you're the mender, you're the mender, you're the mender of all broken hearts, Father, pray that you heal like only you can, the cross not just saved us, but it healed us, by your stripes we are healed, so I pray healing in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for salvation. Anybody, if they're not saved today, just repeat after me. Everybody repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I believe you died for all of my sins. And I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I give you my life. And I make you my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, 
I am saved. I am saved. Say it again, I am saved. Clap your hands if you believe that and say amen. Come on, say amen. All right, you ready, love? Enjoy your day, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy this Pentecost Sunday. Be led by the fire of Pentecost. Be led. Don't let God be a last resort. Be led by him in the name of Jesus. We love you so dearly. We pray blessings upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.